you will find rest for your soul. Praise God. How we need that peace of God that passes all understanding for our souls today. I want to go back to us a teaching that we had begun and we went into a communion service and we didn't finish, but I want to try to finish it. Uh, when I say finish it, a place to stop and go to another subject possibly as the Spirit leads. But I want to go back to God in the midst, the secret of all spiritual blessings. After you come to know Jesus as your Savior, God comes to live within you. That's an incredible truth today. And many Christians are living like they're not aware of that. We not only need to be aware of it, we need to be hypersensitive to that fact and that reality. It's God that worketh in you. He worked from the inside out. It's God. The Bible said the God that has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ until the day that we go to be with him or he comes to take us home. God is at work within us. Now the God that's work at work within you is a mighty powerful God. Amen. Somebody say how powerful. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I thought you'd never ask. He's so powerful. Amen. That he spoke a universe into existence. You say, Brother Ben, well, that's a, that's a big God. I, it's hard for my mind to, well, you know, it's hard for my mind. In fact, it bypasses the mind. You have to accept some things by faith because your mind can't comprehend a God that says, let there be light and there was light. That means a sun is, is created to warm the earth and a moon is created and, and let there be a firmament. Everything in the universe was created by the words of his mouth. Everything. In Hebrews chapter 11, it said everything that we see, everything in the universe, everything in the earth, everything that is, 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 is everything that we see was not made by anything that we can see. Amen. Amen. But through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, the actual word would be formed, formed, the worlds were formed by the words of his mouth. Praise God. I do believe in the big bang. God said, let there be, and bang, there was. Hallelujah. And maybe scientists see it, what he did, but the scripture is very clear. The heavens declare his handiwork. That's the work of one's own hands. That's a personal thing. God did that personally. And what does the Bible say of us? We are His workmanship. So the same God that personally created the heavens is doing a personal work in you and me. We're the result of His work in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is the reproduction and the replicating of the of the character and the nature of Jesus in you and in me. Now, now how many could use that piece today? This day, right now, right here. Let me tell you something about it. It's not the piece of your, you know, everything smoothing out. It's not the piece of the storm ceasing. I love it when Jesus stands on board the ship and says, peace, be still. That's how I want it all the time. Whatever the problem is, I want Jesus to tell it to quit it. And that's peace. Well, that's not his peace, and that's not how it works. Sometimes he does that, but that's not the normal. That's, that would be an exceptional thing if that happened. The normal is, if he doesn't speak peace to the troubled sea and storm, he speaks peace to you. In the midst of the storm. And it's a greater work of God. And it's a greater thing to discover. That you can actually obtain that peace. In the midst of a storm. Jesus in the midst. Is the key. To Christian peacefulness. Let me just begin this. Once again for review. Joel 2.27. And, and you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. And that I am the Lord your God. And none else. And my people shall never 
be ashamed. Why? Because I am in the midst. I am not way up in heaven, sitting aloof in heaven on my throne, unconcerned. I'm dealing with my covenant people up close and personal. Say it with me, up close and personal. You see, when you live like God is way off, you say, well, it feels that way. Well, this is what God wants to change. God wants to change that. He wants your faith to embrace that and bypass your feelings. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. The things which are seen, the scripture teach, are temporal. How many know there's nothing permanent in anything you can see physically? It's all, go by. You, we're not permanent physically. Amen. We're all aging. I mean, after I passed 70, I started looking at all the people that were 70 that wasn't here anymore. And I thought, I'm three years past a whole bunch of these people. At my 50th, this is about 55 years since I graduated high school. But at my 50th high school reunion, I read the obituary. I didn't know who had passed. They had done the work to find out how many people from my class, class of 1965, Brandon High School, how many people had, had uh, passed away. And when I got this list, I expected four or five people. Well, there was about two dozen people that had already passed away. And I went down reading names of people that, that I knew and that I hung out with. And, and I thought, all these people already are gone, you know? And it's like a wake-up call. This is a temporal world. We're in a temporal body. Paul called it a tent. If this tabernacle was blown down by a mighty wind, we have one in the heavens not made with hands. Wherefore, I, I yearn not to, be, not to be unclothed, not have a body to express in, but to be clothed with that one from heaven until the resurrection. Amen. He was a tent maker by trade. And the word tabernacle, I see the kind of church we're looking for and would love to have. A wonderful building with columns out front. But the word tabernacle in the Greek from the Aramaic was simply tent. A tent. How many know a tent is not permanent? Amen. You can go camping in a tent. My son went camping in one of those tents that that is very thin. It's not waterproof. It's water resistant. There's a difference in waterproof and water resistant. A duck's bottom is waterproof, right? Well, it is. I mean, he couldn't do what he does out on the lake if it wasn't. That, that's not a scripture. Don't write it down and don't ask me where it is. Amen. But it's one of those tents that as long as you don't touch it, the water doesn't transfer, the moisture doesn't transfer inside. Well, he got up in the morning after a rain and, and stood up to go out and stood up too far and touched it and that it, it just let the moisture come in the tent. It didn't just drip in, it just, just kind of, you know, kind of a fog light came down and, and just made everything moist. And it was a, and then the sun came out on that and, and he found out he didn't just need a, a tent that was water resistant. He needed one that was waterproof. If you've got a watch that says water resistant, don't go swimming in it. It didn't say it was waterproof. In other words, if you're in a rainstorm and some drips get on it, it probably won't quit. But if you, uh, you know, were skin diving and stayed underwater for about an hour, uh, that, that's not guaranteed for that. You know what your body is, what Paul called it? He said your body, if this tabernacle, talking of his own body, if this tent, he said this is a tent. There's nothing permanent about your body and my body yet. But a day is coming when all of that is going to radically, dramatically change. When Jesus comes, the Bible said you're not just going to be water resistant. You're going to be waterproof. Amen. Amen. You're going to be death proof. When Jesus comes, this body, corruptible, is going to put on incorruption. And it's going to happen in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. We shall be changed. If you are in this body when Christ comes, we shall be changed in a moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye. Corruptible will put on incorruption. You'll never age anymore. You'll be in a new a body that is ageless and mortal. That that can die and pass will become immortal. And our vile bodies, in the sense of, of its 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 aging and decaying, shall be fashioned after his glorious body. And we don't see it clearly. The Bible said we look through a glass darkly. And that means a smoked bottle. A bottle that's been in a fire, that has been smoked by the fire. You can see vague images through it, but you can't see clearly. Amen. But when he comes, we shall know him. For we shall see him face to face. Praise God. Amen. This is incredible. This is our inheritance as the children of God. So God works always up close and personal. God in the midst is the key to our peace. It's Jesus. He warned us, didn't he? He said, you know, in this world you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. After the resurrection, they're, they're cowering in a room. They're scared they're going to take them out, identify them with him and take them out and, and kill them and crucify them. And he doesn't knock at the door. He just shows up in the room, in his body, in a body that can pass through a door without opening the door. He shows up. And the first things out of his mouth when he's in the midst of them is what? Peace be unto you. And the first thing in Paul's letters to, to the church that's under the gun in persecution, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Can you say amen? What's the missing element in so many Christian lives? It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. What is the least emphasized and talked about piece of armor? And we kind of sidelined it. We, we're, we're involved with the sword of the spirit, which is the word, the shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts. The truth that we strap around us when we get up in the morning before we get anything else on. It's the belt of truth. And, it, and, and, the, and it, everything hinges on that. <laughs> But down, as you go down the line from the helmet and the breastplate and, and, the, and the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit and the shield, you get down to the, to the feet. You get down to the shoes. Your feet shod. And we've got a lot of barefooted soldiers that can't even march to the battlefield. They got a shield. They got a sword. They got a breastplate. They got a helmet. But they can't stand their ground without the shoes of peace. I know it says the preparation of the gospel of peace. But the fruit of peace is sown in peace. In other words, you need peace to sow peace. And peace sets you apart. I'm not known for going to work singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Back when I was bivocational, I was known to going to work without a hangover. Except sometimes my voice was raspy from praising God and preaching. I remember going into a Circle K back when uh, the uh, the the uh, wrestling was big here in Tampa. They had uh, they had a lot of the WW at the Sun Dome. Uh, they had a lot of the WWE world. Anyway, the big time wrestlers would come in and wrestle, and people would go out to those matches and they'd holler and they'd scream. You do that at church, you know, say you're emotional, you're emotional. You do the same thing at a football game. You're a fan. You're a fan. You know what fan is? It's a shortened form of what? Fanatic. Fanatic. 
Oh, you're fanatics. You just get out there and make a... You're emotional. You're emotional too. You just don't get excited about Jesus like I do. Can you say amen? But don't tell me you're not emotional. Amen. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, you'll find you have emotions. Can you say amen? Yes, you will. You'll have emotions. They won't be good. You'll have to suppress them, but they're, they're there. So I went into a Circle K and, and, and I said uh, something back. Something, I said something. They said, how are you today, sir? I said, I'm fine. It's Monday morning, I'm fine. Said, and they said, I know where you were last night. And I said, no, you don't. And the lady said, yes, I do. You were at that wrestling match last night because everybody that was there was raspy from hollering for the person they were after. I said, no, I was in church. I went to get my hair done where my wife gets her hair done because it looked so good when she got it done. Besides, my mother-in-law had tried to cut it and cut a piece of my ear. That's why I sang to Cherie when she cut it. My Cherie amore. <laughs> and she didn't cut my ear. It was, you know, but I was leery. But I was, this is a hairdresser, you know. And, and I came in and I had that rasp from Sunday. That rasp from worshiping. That rasp from speaking and praising God. And they were, they were, you know, this is back when I was younger. And, and you know, I could fit that mold. And they, they say, the lady said, she said, I, 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 I know what you do for a living. And I thought she's recognized that I'm a minister. And, and I said, you do? And she said, yes, I do. She said, you're a blues singer. Oh. <laughs> How can you miss it so bad? That's one thing I do not do on Sunday is sing the blues. Even if I've got the blues, I find out I can lose the blues if I will sing his praises. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That raspy voice. <laughs> Listen. Without the peace of God in our hearts. So I go to work. I've told you this before, but it just fits here today to hear it again. And for those listening online. I go to work. I'm bivocational. Shift is changing. I'm at my locker. There's two dozen people changing, maybe more. And I'm putting on my uniform to do my job. 2 to 10.30 was the shift. It's Monday. I am not hungover except from praising God. I, am, I don't have a headache from drinking too much except living water. And that don't give you a headache. It takes it away. Praise God. I don't have guilt. You know, there's some country music song, and boy, people get convicted in services when you're not even trying. God does it. Uh, uh, about Jose Cuervo. Now, I don't know if you know Jose Cuervo. Uh, have you ever heard of Jose Cuervo? Wave at me if you have. Then you were lost before you got saved, right? That's tequila for all you super saints that have never been out there in that part of the world. Anyway. Amen. Yeah, it'll kill you in more ways than one. But there's a song about drinking too much Jose Cuervo. And did I did I get in a fight? Did I dance on the table? Did I kick out the light? And and I was talking about people getting drunk and getting into such trouble uh, because the devil says you're going to have a good time and this is going to help but he's he's going to he's going to try to get you into all kinds of trouble and i remember the son of a lady that attends our church that told her that i was in ebo city last night drinking jose cuervo how did he know about i didn't know about that but god knew about that and he knows where it's going to take somebody if they stay in that state of mind and follow that road Listen to me carefully. Listen, the world will offer you everything but what you really need. But I'm going to tell you something that speaks to this world. It's something they can't get out of a bottle of Jose Cuervo. They can't get it out of toking up with marijuana. They can't get it with shooting up. They can't get it in any place. It's not for if you were a billionaire, you couldn't buy it. 
because it's not for sale anywhere in the world. In the marketplace, there's no one that can sell you peace. No one can sell you that. But Jesus said, my peace I'll give you. But it won't be like the world gives. Look up what the world thinks it is in a dictionary, and I'll take a synopsis of all of them, and it'll come down to this, the cessation of wars. It's when there's no conflicts. It's when the ceasing of pressure, when all the pressure's off, all the problem is resolved, the conflict has ended. That's the world's definition of peace. Billy Graham said the the most beautiful portrait of Christian peace that he ever saw was, and I've been to, to Bangor, Maine, where the, where the, the, the tide goes way out and there's, there's huge rock uh, faces going down to the shoreline and there, there's crevices in that rock. And he said there was a storm coming in off the ocean and this huge rock in this painting and there were crevices in the rock and a little Bird, not one of the big seagulls or, you know, big seabird, but a small little bird. The storm is coming. There's no way this little bird can get away from it or weather it. So he finds that crevice in the rock. He nestles into that crevice and he knows storms come and storms go. But this rock that I'm hiding in is always going to stand. No, And the storm will finally cease, but I'll be safe right here in this rock. Augustus, top lady, wrote a song, traveling a Christian man, traveling from one village to another by foot, caught in a violent thunderstorm. He found a rock with a crevice in it. He pushed himself and nestled inside that crevice, and the storm raged, and the wind blew, and the thunder and the lightning struck, but he was safe. In that crevice. And you know what? He took out a pad and he wrote down rock of ages. Cleft for me. That's inspiration. And it let me hide myself in thee. Amen. He talked about the storms of life. But he talked about a, a place. And the place is a person. And the person is Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I've spoken these things. He said. Unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have thelpsis, tribulation, pressure and anguish. But cheer up. Oh, what a message to the modern day Christian. Can you say man? Christians need to cheer up. Why? Because Jesus promised peace. He provides the peace. You say, well, why don't I have the peace? You say that. Okay. You're getting good at this. Then why don't I have the peace? That's a legitimate question. Since he gave it to me, where is it when I need it? Where is it in the time of trouble? The Bible said in all things. Well, first it says, be anxious for nothing. How many came up through the 60s? You were alive during the 60s. It's okay to say you're older than the rest of How many were not alive during the 60s? You were not here. You were gleaming your daddy's eye. That's all you were. That's it. And, but you came up through the 60s. How many remember a magazine with a character on the front of every issue? Alfred E. Newman. Give me a fist bump. Come on. I know you came up through the 60s. Alfred E. You remember Alfred E. Newman? You remember the name of the magazine? Mad Magazine. Just crazy. Completely way out there, off the rails crazy. Mad Magazine. But it wasn't dirty. It was just crazy. And Alfred E. Newman, he just looked goofy. Like he, he's just a complete goofball. He's just too crazy to worry. And there was a caption always related to him. What? Me worry? What? Me worry? What's there to worry about? Well, if you're crazy, <laughs> you know, there's nothing to worry about. But if you're not crazy, there's a lot to worry about. 
There's a lot of things to work. We've got a flu going around now that's a, it's an epidemic in some countries threatening to become a pandemic. And they're working feverishly to find a cure for it. But before you get too upset about the, the, the new strain of virus, there's more people going to be killed by the regular flu than there is by that virus at this point. But there's all kinds of scary things in this world. That's why peace stands out. If you have peace, somebody said it this way, Alfred E. Newman, he's crazy. You understand why he's not worried. Someone said, if, if you, what, 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 how, how did they put it? Yeah. When, when in fear, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. Or if you can have peace, when everything is gone crazy and everything is chaotic and everything is falling apart, if you can have peace under those circumstances, you probably don't understand the situation. You don't get it. You don't get it. You can bury your head in the sand. I call it ostrich faith. When you bury your head in the... You know what an ostrich does? His defense system. A lion wants to eat him. Ah, but he's got a plan. He can't outrun the lion. He can't whip the lion. But he can hide. And you know how he hides? He scratches until the ground is soft enough to stick his head down in the sand. And you've got this huge bulbous body sticking out. But if he can't see the lion, the lion can't see him. I'm hid. No, you're not hid. And you're going to be a meal for the lion. Ostrich faith denies the problem. What problem? I heard a guy say one time into that ostrich faith, which is hyper faith. Uh, he, said, he said, I don't have problems. All I have is solutions. And then when he went into a Christian bookstore, hacking and sneezing and blowing things out of his nose that we don't want to describe. He knew since he was teaching, you'll never get a cold if you don't confess a cold. So to hold fast his confession, he said, and blew his nose and said, I'm being healed of a cold. Well, he just admitted a cold. If there be any sick, let them call the elders. You've got to admit you're sick to ask for prayer to be healed. You, you can't be in denial. What giant? What giant? What giant? David looked at the giant. He looked him in the eye. He saw the size of him. And he said, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come against you. He pointed him out. He didn't deny the problem. He didn't run from it. He ran toward him. But I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Can you say, man? How many know who won that battle on that day? And he didn't win it by denial. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have pressure. I have problems. But I have access to a promised peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible says be Alfred E. Newman, not in the crazy sense, but in the don't worry sense. Be ye anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is how you obtain what he has provided. You don't just wake up one morning with the same pressures and problems and say, you know, what? Me worry? <laughs> I just, he just dropped peace on me. It is a product of the Holy Spirit, but it is also obtained by faith, by giving God credit for being in control. Yes. Hallelujah. Even when things seem to be out of control. To grab hold of Romans 8.28. All things, even that thing that bugs you, bothers you, eats you up. Paul said there was a spirit sent from, from, from the devil, an emissary, a, a special agent from hell sent by the devil himself just to bug, bother, and beleaguer, and deceive, and destroy if he could, the apostle Paul. And he said, three times I asked the Lord to deliver me from this buffeting that was coming against me. 
and heaven is brass, and God doesn't answer. And then when God does answer, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, then when I am weak, then am I made strong. Amen. He, he discovered the sufficiency of grace. And when he did, he received God's peace in the midst of the storms. And you'll never discover the sufficiency of his grace until you come to the end of yourself. And you'll never come to an end of yourself unless something brings you there. You don't just get there. You are brought there. Listen to what Paul said to the church in Corinth. I would not have you to be ignorant brethren of the trouble we experienced in Asia, speaking of him and the, and the apostles. I want you to know about the trouble we experienced in Asia. How we were, and some people won't even say this, because they're living, trying to live in that ostrich faith state. You can't live there. It's not possible. You see that person for 30 minutes on television. They don't live in that 30-minute window. They've got 23 and a half hours. They've got to live with their family and live at home and live with their problems and deal with their pressures. Amen? And they're not going to stand there while telling you how to believe and confess all of that unless they are totally honest. There's no superhuman people and no subhuman people, and faith doesn't make you either but very human people. Oh, I'm so glad God loves me within my clay vessel, within my humanity. And I'm glad that he gets me and he understands me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. When I'm weak, then am I made strong. He's obtained the sufficiency of grace. So he says these words to the first Corinthians, to first Corinthians, to the Corinthian church. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure. You have emotional and mental limits. And pressed beyond measure means it's beyond what I can deal with myself. And we despaired, uh-oh, a Christian that has fallen so deep into depression that they have despaired in life itself. In other words, he wasn't fatalistic. He wasn't suicidal. He knew all of that is wrong. D- David went through this stuff. I mean, it's bad enough that your son wants to politically come against you and take your throne. But he raised an army of your own countrymen And they want to take your throne by killing you and taking you out. And along with the threat of his own death and being dethroned by his son was the fact that his own family, his own son was doing this. Not a Goliath giant from the Philistines, but his own flesh and blood had turned against him. David said, you want to know what breaks my heart? You want to know how the enemy gets through to me? He can't just send a giant. I'll take him out in the name of the Lord. But he said, you know what hurt me, broke me? He said, it wasn't an enemy without somebody close to me. It was a brother. Someone I went up to church and worshipped with. It was a brother that broke my heart. I opened my heart. I trusted. My trust has been betrayed and my my own so-called friend has turned on me. That hurt. That hurt. David is broken. He's broken. He runs and hides in the wilderness because his son has raised an army and they want to kill him. And where does he find peace? Oh, let me finish Paul and we'll finish David. We're almost done. Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble 
Are you glad someone is forthright and someone is not hiding the real genuineness of dealing with life the way we have to deal with it in faulty bodies in a fallen world? And he's going to tell us how to get through it. Hallelujah. He said, he said, I, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant. I'm not going to keep you in the dark. I'm not going to hide my weaknesses and my tests and my trials from you. I'm going to show you all of that and tell you how to get through it. And tell you how to get through it. Oh, wretched man that I am, he says in Romans chapter 7, next to the last verse. Oh, worn out from the battle, worn out from the battle. Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? I thank God through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I thank God. Jesus has to make a difference. God in the midst of us needs to make a difference. Hallelujah. Paul said, we despaired of life itself. We experienced such pressure, persecution, and trouble that we might learn what? Not to trust in ourselves. I told you, God has to bring you to an end of yourself in order to grant you the grace and the peace that you really need. Because if you're trying to do it in yourself until you get the, to, to, the, to, the, to the end of your rope, Hallelujah. It doesn't take my rope is short. How about your you got a long rope? You know, some of the times when I finally got to the end of my rope, I, I can almost hear the Lord saying, I thought you'd never give up on yourself. I thought you'd never give up on yourself and truly lean on me. Hallelujah. Amen. But when I do, when I do, I get that Alfred E. Newman state of mind and I'm not crazy. Can you say, man, I understand fully the situation. Many, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. Oh, yeah, you don't hit, put your head in the sand. You look it in the eye and say, yes, I don't see a way out. Yes, I don't understand what God is up to. I don't know how He's going to turn this to my good. It looks so bad. Oh, but but God, but God, but God, but God. If God be for us, and He is today, even when we're broken, even when we're battered, even when we seem beaten, He's for us, praise God. And what more shall we say to these things? If God is for us. Who can be against us? It's Christ that died. Yea, is risen again from the dead. Hallelujah. God is on your side. God is on my side today. Hallelujah. It doesn't put me in a bubble where nothing can touch me, but it says when it does, I'm in the midst of you. I'm there with you. Praise God. Amen. David is broken in his heart. He's been in these places before. He said, oh, in the Psalms, you see him crying out, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. Then I would fly away to the wilderness. I'm going to go so far out in, 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 in the middle of nowhere where nobody can find me. And nothing can harm me. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove that I would fly away and be at rest from the windy storm and tempest. Can you say, man, storms are going to keep coming, but you need to find the cleft in the rock and you need to hide yourself in there because the storm will not last forever. But Jesus is eternal. Hallelujah. Listen to me. This is so important. Hallelujah. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. The lyrics, there's more good lyrics about storms and peace. But you don't find his peace by just having him grant it to you out of nowhere like spiritual Novocaine. You obtain his peace by putting your trust in him through prayer. In all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, on, may be made known unto God. 
and the peace of God that he promised and provided that passes what? All understanding shall keep, keep, keep. Fortress, see a fortress, a bulwark, a mighty fortress is our God. A mighty bulwark is our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah 59, 9 is it that says he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Can you say, man, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All your head or your heart? It's your heart. It's a peace that passes the head, bypasses your understanding. But when you receive it, it's real. You just know that you know that you know that God is in control. And it is. How can a man who lost three daughters when a ship went down crossing from Europe to America or vice versa? He loses three, a wife and three daughters in those waters. He's a Christian. Where's the reason? Where's the rhyme? Where's the purpose? How do I get through this? He takes that trip and he asks the captain of the ship he was on to let him know when they were near the place logistically where the ship went down and his whole family drowned. How do you deal with that? How do you reconcile that? He stands at the bow of that ship, looking over into those waters. He knows that his family is with the Lord forever and nothing will ever harm them or touch them ever again. He prays. And the peace of God, not as the world gives, because it can't. The world can't do anything about it. You can drink yourself into a stupor. You can numb yourself with drugs. Amen. But you can't escape the reality of the pain and the heartache and the heartbreak and the confusion. And what does he write? And what does he pen that's been put to music? It is well with my soul. It is well. If he can obtain it under those circumstances, there's hope for some of us today. Amen? I said if he can obtain it simply by trusting God. Instead of question. See, you can't trust and question. You've got to trust the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Commit thy way unto the Lord. That means everything. Trust also in Him. He will bring it to pass. They that trust the Lord will be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. For as the mount, here's God in the midst. For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, the Lord is round about His people to deliver them. Not deliver them from every problem, but deliver them from the devastation and discouragement and destruction that can come when the problems arise. Amen. Let me explain that to you. Got to hurry. There is no temptation. And I'm not talking about this pull toward a particular sin. I'm talking about the persecutions. I'm talking about the pressures. Temptation is about pressure and persecution, not just solicitation to do evil. You've got to see that in the Greek and in the Word. Amen. No temptation has taken you. No circumstance of life has come upon you. But such is as common to man. Being a Christian doesn't make you exempt from a faulty body. Being a Christian doesn't make you exempt from living in a fallen world. Being a Christian doesn't make you exempt from having a formidable foe. But being a Christian does give you the privilege of a faithful father who says, call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will answer thee. I will deliver thee. Psalm 50, 15. And thou shalt what? Glorify me. You know what's helping so many people online? I mean, not telling them how to be delivered from everything, but how to, how to be delivered through them 
in spite of everything the enemy intends and everything the circumstances say, God is faithful and God is in control. Hallelujah. And all things, including that thing, is working together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 God is so good today. David's heart is broken. He doesn't understand what's going on. So Psalm 46 is what he begins to write. God is our refuge. Everybody say rock of ages cliff for me. God is our refuge and strength. A refuge is something you need to run to when you're in trouble. Can you say, man? It's not a place where trouble never comes. It's a place where you go when the trouble comes. God is our refuge and strength. A very Oh, here's God in the midst. When you're going through that, it's going to seem like heaven is brass and God is sitting aloof in that heaven far up there somewhere. God is our refuge and strength and a very, this is it, a very present a very present, a very pre- You know what he does? He draws nigh to the brokenhearted. You know what he said? He said the well don't need a physician. He said the 99 sheep that are inside the fold, protected, peaceful, laying down in there, not worried about the predators. He said they don't need me. But he said I'll leave the 99. And I will search, I will search for the one that is missing. And I won't search until I'm sick and tired of putting up with it. I will search until I find it. I I won't give up on it. And it may be one of those sheep that brought it on itself. Wandered off from the flock. Went out there on its own. Got lost, couldn't find its way back. Became a cast sheep. And you know what a cast sheep is? It hasn't, the wool hasn't been shorn. It stumbles and falls, falls flat on its back, and it can't raise itself up with all of that wool and weight. Number one, if it's laying on its back, it can't move. A predator can come easily and destroy it. You lose God's peace, you're, you're, you're cannon fodder for the enemy. Amen. Because if you don't have on the shoes of peace, you can't have him done all stand against his wild. You can't stand without the hobnailed boot that causes you to stand with your armor on. This is so important today because we don't talk about peace. We talk about power. And with all of this power without peace, you won't use that power. You can't use that power. You can't stand your ground with invincible armor if you don't have the shoes of peace on. You'll be easily moved. I love it when Paul was talking about possible death for preaching the gospel, persecution and torture and all the things that could await him. He he said he was told by a prophet, bonds and afflictions wait you in Jerusalem. But he knew he was sent to Jerusalem regardless of what awaited him. And he said, none of these things moved me. None, come on, can you see him digging in? None of these things move me. Praise God. When the devil comes against someone with God's armor on and they have God's peace in their heart and in their life, they're not going to be moved. Like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. Can you say man? Glory be to God. There's a day coming when the, when the broken, beleaguered church that, that has access to all of this powerful armor and powerful abilities is going to achieve that peace and be able to stand firm and stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Can you say, man? Glory to God. 
Somebody's going to put the shoes of peace on. Somebody is going to stand up with God's armor on. And somebody is going to get a look at the backside of Satan. Instead of seeing him come against us, they're going to see him fleeing from us. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oh, I feel victory here today. Hallelujah. God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help. That means He draws near when everybody else bails out. He draws near when you can't feel Him. He draws near when you feel abandoned by Him. He drew near my wife when she woke up and wondered, where's God? All I feel is pain. Amen. But in her spirit, there was faith. In her spirit, I couldn't. I, I come beside that bed and I saw that struggle going on. <laughs> I, I am sure that Charles was wondering where in the world God was a time or two. Can you say, man? Hallelujah! Praise God! I, I, I told her. I said, honey. I said, honey, I'm standing, you know, all these tubes are in. Lord have mercy. Charles, you didn't have half the tubes she had. She has this thing down her throat, a a, a ventilator. She has tubes in her arms, tubes everywhere. She's been cut wide open, broke her, you know, pulled her rib cage out to work on her heart, cut down her leg and take the vein out to run three veins and bypass in her heart. And she's laying there, you know, and, and, and she thought she would just wake up. You know, wrapped up in a cocoon and and just not feel anything. Well, she felt everything. And they can't give you the heavy-duty stuff if your heart is is in a, you know, kind of a situation like it just been in, the trauma. And she's wondering why. Why? And and I saw the struggle and and, and I wanted to take her place and take some of that pain for a while. I didn't want to stay there. You understand. But maybe an hour, 45 minutes tops. Can you say amen? (laughs) Boy, it's a good thing men don't have kids. That's right. right. We we wouldn't have a population problem, I guarantee you. After one, we say, I ain't having no more of them. I heard a comedian lady the other day said, said having a child is like passing a watermelon through your nostril. And I thought, I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to have the children. She can have the children. Have mercy, yes. I know. I know. I know. You know, there's some compensations with with getting older. Because everybody cuts you some slack and says, well, he's getting old. You know what? I'm not just getting old. I've got God's peace. And I've got the joy of the Lord in my life. And I smile more than I frown these days. And it's not because I don't have trouble. It's because I have a refuge. I have a... (laughs) Hallelujah. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though, oh, this is big stuff now, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and the trouble and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the, with the swelling thereof. Salah. I want you to think about this kind of trouble, he says. Hallelujah. There is a river. Oh, I love this verse of scripture. Brother Taylor, Brother Doug, Brother Mike, I believe there was Brother Willie. Several people came to visit me while I was in the hospital before I was released after a stroke. They walked in and, and they saw me in uh, without my tie and shirt, without my hair fixed. And, and uh, you know, they saw me in that weakened condition and didn't know where all this was going to lead yet. But Brother Taylor started talking to me about something biblical. And boy, that just set me off. And I quoted this next verse. There's a river. He quoted it. He read this, I believe. Because he read this down to this point to me. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she 
And she shall not be moved. Why? Because God is in the midst. He's not sitting up in heaven unconcerned. He's up close and personal keeping His covenant. And when he said that, I had read up on that verse that said, There is a river, the streams thereof make glad the city of God. And there was a city of, 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 of Hebrews that, 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 that trusted in God and had a covenant with God. And an enemy had laid siege to the city. But what the enemy didn't know is they were waiting to starve them out and waiting for them to dehydrate. You can live a long time without food, but you can't go long without water. Amen. Listen, there, there was instances where the, they, they were actually in certain circumstances in the Bible, people were drinking their own urine because they needed moisture so bad. They were waiting for that to occur. We don't have to scale those walls. We don't have to bust down those gates. They're going to get in such a condition that they're going to open those doors and become our slaves or let us kill them rather than die of thirst in there. What they didn't know was that there was an artesian way a spring outside the city that the enemy didn't know about. And they had an aqueduct underground so the water wouldn't get hot on the way to the city. Hallelujah. Amen. And in the city, they had that, that aqueduct come up so the water was coming up into a pool constantly inside the city from outside the city. And the, and the psalmist said, you know something relating to that? There is a river. The streams thereof make glad the city of God. They're inside. The enemy's waiting on them to dehydrate and dry up. And they're drinking from the streams of water. Hallelujah. La, na, 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 na. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus said, I got some water for you. I got some water for you. I got some water for you. And I don't want to just get it in you. I want to put it in you so it can flow out through you. Out of your belly where I'm going to give it to you. I have living water and you're not going to thirst anymore. And out of your belly where he's put the living water so you can drink shall flow. What? Rivers of living water. There is a stream. There is a stream whereof that shall make glad the city of God, the holy place place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Drinking from the springs of living water. Happy now am I. My soul is satisfied. Can you say amen? Woo! I don't know if you understand what I'm telling you this morning. Praise God. So to make a long story longer, I go to work on a Monday without a headache. I go to work without guilt because I know what I did Sunday night. I don't have to worry about getting some kind of sexually transmitted disease. I don't have to worry about my wife finding out about a one-night stand because I got drunk and let down my inhibitions. I'm not worried about... I'm, I am happy Because I have peace. And I am whistling a tune. And I don't even know what it was. I don't know if it was a praise song or just a happy, just happy. Make a joyful what? Noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. So I'm making my joyful noise by whistling while I'm getting dressed. Somebody on the other side of the lockers said, because people, people... People with all that pressure, and they thought they were having a good time, and here they come with all that pressure. It's Monday. The hangover, the headache, the guilt, the shame, the whatever, looking for love in all the wrong places. I feel like MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Amen. World can't give you what I got. None of your sin can give you what I got. Nothing you did to party hardy on the weekend can give you what I got. Hallelujah. It's all over for you. And it's forever for me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody said, who is that over there? So happy on Monday. Upset them. 
<laughs> and without me saying a word, somebody on the other side said, that must, they call me Rev. They didn't call me Robert or Bobby. They called me Rev. They said, that must be the Rev. He's got that deep, settled peace within. You see, deep, settled peace within gives you that joy because you know all is well. When the man who wrote the song after losing his wife and three lovely daughters took the trip back, asked the captain to let him know when longitude and everything matches where the ship went down, where his family drowned, praying to God to get through that kind of crushing, that kind of questioning, The peace is obtained when he gives it all to God and puts his trust in it. And he pins the words that has been put to music. It is well. It is well with my soul. And here's the challenge to us today. I don't believe that you are facing that kind of devastation should be a lot easier for you to obtain this, to trust God with what you're facing. But even if you were, there is a stream. There is a river, the streams thereof make glad the city of God. Remember, I tell him, Brother Taylor, I was looking at him, telling him about the stream outside the city and how it came up inside the city while laying there on the hospital bed. And Brother Taylor said, well, he's preaching. He's going to be all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I thank you, my brother. Amen. He also says he's, he's ready to preach at the drop of the hat and willing to drop the hat. Can you say amen? <laughs> Just so he can. I'm telling you. When you, when you go through the fire. When you go through the fire, it shall not kindle upon thee. For one reason, singular, because I'm with you. And when you go through the flood tides and the waters, they shall not overflow thee because I am with thee. And when, not if, the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit, He's with us, He's within us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against Him. And what is the standard? The next verse says, And a Redeemer shall come to Zion. Who is the Redeemer that came to Zion? It's Jesus. It's always Jesus, isn't it? Praise God. Did you get anything out of this today? Is it going to help you trust God a little better and a little more? Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He will never suffer or allow the righteous to be moved. Last thing, last thing, which I really believe this with all my heart, that this is the last thing. I saw an evangelist friend of mine, he did what I've done before. See the word cast your burden? He took a piece of paper, notebook paper, wadded it up, and he did this. Cast your burden. Just as if this is how you get rid of it. Just just give it to God. Amen. You know what? The, that's not it, by the way. Don't amen yet. Hold it. I mean, give it to God, but don't give it to God that way because that's not what it's saying. You know what it says in the Hebrew? Would you like to know how to give it to God? The word cast here, cast your burden in the Hebrew means to roll it over onto another. You don't just act like God's got it. I don't have it anymore. No, you know God's got it because you gave it to Him. You gave it to Him. And you have to have a fellowship relationship with Him in order to give it to Him. Because you're going to feel like He's nowhere to be found, that it's all crushing you. But if you know He's right where He said He would be, Lo, I'm with you always. You roll it over 
on to him. Amen. Doug, would you come as we close? This is my burden. This is my burden. It's about to come apart. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just empty the sucker out. I don't, I'm going to deal with this thing. I'm going to get rid of what's bothering me. Get that T-shirt. has a big old green frog on it. Said, I wish I was a frog. Then I could eat what bugs me. Anyway, moving right along. Cast thy burden on the Lord. Here it is. I'm carrying it. But he is where he said he would be. God in the midst. He's right here. Even when you don't feel him. Even when you don't see him. Even when you don't sense him. There he is. Right where he said he would be. God in the midst of her. How she shall not be moved. Cast thy burden on the Lord. When I trust God, that's what happens. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't need to fly away and be at rest. I'm at rest right here in the midst of all of this stuff. Can you say, man, it is well with my soul. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you got it. I'm so glad you got it. Hallelujah. You can have it. I don't want it. It's too heavy for me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. You, you know what the comforter is? You know who the Holy Spirit is that manifests the presence of Jesus? Who's come to abide within us forever? One. Called alongside to help. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I am committed to you. He shall be with you. And he shall be in you. And he shall abide with you, therefore, forever. For the long haul. Everybody say, for the long haul. No matter what comes or what goes. He's right here with me. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Can you say amen? Wow. Can you cue that up? We need a go-home song. We're almost done, but we need a go-home song. Praise the Lord. I put it up here. Praise God. My battery was almost dead. You wouldn't know it, would you? We had two bars on my battery. I don't know what that means, but... I believe the Lord will make them last till the sermon's over. We, 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 need, we need good batteries for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Jesus, my Savior. You got one? The battle. I make the battle. Wait, wait. We did that. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go up one more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Up one more. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Since we're talking, no, praise the Yeah. 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 There is a fountain. There is a river because there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. We won't play all of this, but just for a moment, let's cast our burdens upon the Lord today. Let's cast them. Let's hide in the rock of ages today. Glory to God. 